And, uh, and thank you so much, dear Eddie. We want to um, take you back to a scenario and a message that we dealt with. We're going back to the Garden of Eden. If you went to Genesis and uh, studied Genesis, you can go in and you can see it from three to four different angles. A lot of us know about uh, Adam and Eve and the, uh, the bit of the food and everything else. But if that's all you did, then that's surface reading. And the Lord did not say read his word. He said study it. And so we, we go back and out of the Garden of Eden, this time uh, we're going to do some, uh, some more analysis. Because each time we go back to the Garden of Eden, we can do something like just, we just dealt with God at the Garden of Eden. Um, but right now we're going to deal with something else that I trust will speak to your hearts in this area. Let's, let's bow in prayer. Father, thank you for the saints of God. Thank you for your goodness to us. And as we go through the burdens of these um, scriptures, uh, thank you for our time. And I just pray that you help me to uh, remember all that has been said and to share with the saints and uh, help us, the Lord, to be not more than just hearers of the word, but doers where it really makes the difference. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints said, amen. And so um, uh, as we look at it, we, we go back to, um, let me go back for a moment. When it says timeless principles from uh, Eden. There are some principles in God's word that God says this happened. And then there are some principles that just for that particular time, there are some that are timeless and the ones that we learned right this morning is a timeless principle that you cannot put culture or anything else on it. God says what you see in the Garden of Eden, you're going to find happening in your life today. And understand what happened in the Garden of Eden will happen to you today. You can't break the principle. Okay? So, I think everybody heard that. Okay? Right. What level? I don't know, but I think you heard it. Okay, so in our introduction then, God has established a timeless principle that affects all of his created beings, both spiritual and physical. The word is choices or decisions. Uh, every one of us, we, we make decisions. Um, a lot of you are here because you made a decision. Where the decision uh, was voluntary, where, whether um, it's out of habit, regardless of what it is, you made decisions. And in the course of making the decisions, uh, as we start our message this morning about timeless principles from God's word, as we do this, I think it's important to understand some things. Number one, every day we make uh, choices that have been the seeds of productivity in it. It is totally identified with the cause and effect principle. You don't have an automatic fire. <laughs> Something caused the fire. You cannot say, oh, I don't know, this fire just popped up. No, something happened to cause the fire. Okay. Oh, it just fell down. No, wait a minute. No, something caused it to fall down. There's always a what? Cause and every time that you make a decision, 
It's going to be a cause you made the decision and the effect of your decision. Now, whether it's a right decision or wrong decision, understand is God has said every decision you make, there is a cause and effect. If it's the right decisions, there are blessings. Wrong decisions, there are consequences. Okay. So every decision you make, you, you decide to go on a diet, great. You don't go on a diet, great. You, you decide what you want to do. But based on your decision, are the cause and effect. Okay. So then our observation then is this. The choices we made yesterday are our realities today and the decisions we make today have already begun to develop the outcome of tomorrow. You're not going to get in God's word today? Then don't expect that the decisions you made today won't affect your tomorrow. You don't want to pray today? That's okay. Do you think that there's going to be a thunder, some lightning bolt going to come and slap you upside the head? Uh-uh. God is good at being quiet. No thing that scares me when God is quiet. See, because his, his quietness is simply saying, it's his quietness, it does not mean that he's not moving. You have to be careful when God is quiet. You have to look at Habakkuk. And Habakkuk is saying, Lord, you see all the things happening, and you see what's happening to the Israelites and all these other things, and you're not doing anything? And the Lord says, you haven't even seen the worst of it yet. He says, I'm still silent. I'm still going to remain silent. But you just wait till I stop moving. See, my concern then is that every decision I make, I, if I know that I have made the right decisions, then I can look back with no regrets. Everybody got it? Okay. So then, then I have to be careful with my decision as to what I make about my friends, about how I react to people. Everything you do, there's a cause and effect. Some are irreversible. Think it through. As we uh, revisit the Garden of Eden, let us adjust our observational skills and see the visual uh, introduction. Uh, first, a timely principle. One, the command. Two, the challenge. Three, the choice. I thought I'd kind of keep it simple. The command, the challenge, the choice. All of these you are familiar with. All of these you heard already. But it started in Genesis. So let's get right into it. Let's go to the, to the first one then. Let's go to the one where we talk about the command. When we talk about the command, then we, we're coming to God's word. And it says in the, the Genesis uh, 5, uh, Genesis uh, 15, and it's, uh, about 2.15, it says, The Lord took the uh, man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and keep it. Uh, verse 16, And the Lord commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but, the conjunction with a function, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat for the day that you eat of it, you shall what? Not, he said, surely, and notice how, notice what, has, not only will you, he said, you shall surely die. Okay. And so here we find that the Lord says, I'm emphasizing, you watch this word, now watch the word surely. Every time you see the word surely, that means you can bet on it, you can mark it down. You shall surely die. 
And I said before, when God said that, he wasn't saying it out of anger. He wasn't saying, you better not touch that tree because if you touch that tree, I'm going to kill you. That was not what the Lord was saying to Adam. He was saying, Adam, says, you see this? He's still, he's still speaking to him. He's, he's, I mean, God has no reason to threaten Adam. Adam has no idea what sin is. And so he says, now Adam, he says, you see, these, see the garden that extends for miles? See all these trees? See all the fruit? Say, yes, Lord. He said, listen, you can eat of any of the other trees, but that tree, you see, way over there in the, in the middle of the garden, right there in the middle, it says, now that's of good, you know, the tree of good and evil. Now, don't eat of that tree, Adam, because you see, the moment that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Now, that was not, uh, that was not a, a warning. That was a command. Don't eat. So, everything that God has created has an embedded check and balance. God gave Adam several things to help him to function and be productive. Let's go over it. Number one, residence. Boy, gave him a place to stay. Right? I just want to make sure go check. Look at everybody, everybody tracking with me for a right now. Place to stay. What else did he give him? Resource. Resource. Gave him food. Man, you have food for miles. Just, just knock yourself out. Okay, so he had plenty to eat. You have a place to stay. Then the next thing he did was responsibility. So you're not a loafer. Don't let anybody sit around you and do nothing. Okay, give him a job. And so uh, give him a job. Here's your responsibility. Take care of this. Okay. The next thing, restriction, boundaries. The forbidden fruit tree in the middle of the garden. It says, there are, with all of the blessings and everything else, there are always, where there is responsibility, there is uh, uh, accountability. So whenever God gives you a responsibility, then you hold the person accountable. Those of you who, who um, especially you administrators, those of you who are uh, getting things together and you assign this to this person, assign this to this person, assign this to this person, then when you come back to the person um, and they don't do it, then what, what's the first question you ask? Wh why? You know, I expected you to do it because I thought you can do it. You don't give a person responsibility if they're not going to do anything. See? God does not give us anything if we're not going to do something with us, with it. And where there is responsibility, then he's going to come back and there is accountability. Freedom to respond, either positively or negatively. Here's, and here's the next thing. God says, the moment you do it, you have a choice. You can either respond positively or not. Now, by that time, God steps off the scene. Now, listen carefully. It didn't say God disappeared. It didn't say God wasn't around because he's omnipresent. It's just that Adam didn't see God. Don't you ever think that you're anywhere where God does not see what you're doing and what you're thinking and how you're acting. But you have his visible word 
He have given you, he have blessed you to understand. He have given you your cornbread on the table. He have given you all these things. And so, so the Lord says, now, now that you have all of this, you have one response. Either you do what I say or you don't do it. And the Lord says, now watch, it says, you learn from Genesis and your life will be okay right now. Here is where man is not, no, uh, you, when you try to sign in to certain things, they have to do these things that says, I am not a robot. You know, on, 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 and so, uh, so uh, the Lord says, you are not a robot. And so since you are not a robot, here's some of the things you can do and you can move forward. So God says, you are not a robot. I'm not, I'm not programming you to do this. You're not birds that fly this time in, in, the, in the summertime and this time in the winter. You're not the real sockeye salmon that go down this way and then you go upstream. No, you're not any of those. God have not programmed you to do anything but to respond either yes or no. But based on your decisions, that's where the consequences are. Everybody track with me so far? So then where there are decisions then, the observation. He was not told that he could... He would make decisions that would affect the whole human race. That's what God did not tell us. See, there are some things that God does not tell us. He didn't say, Adam, if you bite of the fruit, whatever your decision is, it will affect the whole human race. Wow. Uh, that's pretty heavy, isn't it? But do you know that the decisions in your home the decisions you make with your families, that you affect generations? Do you know that it affects your children's thinking? Oh, my child just an angry child. Remember cause and effect? There's a reason why children are angry. Don't you understand that? Well, you don't understand, they're just angry. No, 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 no. There's a reason why a child is angry. If the parent and I, I, I said, I don't talk to a child, a child that was, was angry. And I said, you're pretty angry. He said, yes, I am. Then, then I said, well, I said, I know that's a bad feeling. And it's hard to get there. I said, but there has to be something that caused that. And the individual gave a whole list of all the things that the individual had. And had been internalizing all this time. The person was suffering and had never let it out. But all they were viewed as a hard-headed, angry child. But deep down within. And so all I'm simply saying is this. There's always a cause and effect. And he was saying, Adam, you're going to do this. But he says, I'm not telling you. It's going to affect the whole human race. Well, now comes something else. The challenge. Whenever God gives us something and gives us blessing, then comes the challenge. Here comes the snake or nake, you know, coming at you. Uh, Indiana Jones says, I hate snakes. Okay? And the woman said to the serpent, I kind of, kind of shortened it there. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the, in the middle of the garden, but God says you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the, the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said, said to the woman, watch this now. 
said to the woman, what did he say? You will not what? Who said surely before? God. She didn't say surely, did she? But Satan knew the conversations. And he said, you shall not surely die. Matter of fact, Eve should have not been talking to the snake in the first place. She should have said, what are you doing up in here anyway? And why are you talking about telling God's business in the first place? And yet and still, he comes along and he talks about that tree and he gets her attention. And so now, now that he has her attention, now he explains a few things to her since she, he has her attention. See, when you bent on thinking a different way, then you can start explaining to folks. When you're fixing your decision, then they go to somebody who's more receptible. But when you are fixing your way, watch this now. For, for God knows that when you eat of your eye, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. What he didn't say, you won't be able to handle it. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was delight uh, to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took up its fruit and ate it and she also gave some to her husband who was what? With her. And he ate. So both of them ate. Both of them were listening. But, but notice, he didn't talk to Adam. He talked to Eve. Adam should have butt in at that time and straightened it out. But he didn't. He kept silent. But now it comes down to a decision. Here's the decision. Since God knows that you, if you eat this fruit and your eyes will be open and you'll be uh, like God and knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the, the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes, that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took its fruit. Wait a minute. Is it a sin to take the fruit? <laughs> See, she was, she was by the tree. No sin. Okay. Okay. Um, she handled the fruit. No sin. See, God didn't say anything about that, right? Matter of fact, he says, he didn't even say it's a sin to be near the tree. What did he say? If you bite of the fruit. But if you're in an environment that is conducive to do the right thing, you're going to do. Now, if you do the wrong thing, you're going to do the wrong thing. So the eight. So let's kind of break it down then. The most vulnerable, uh, vulnerable individuals who have their thoughts, ideas, and actions affected are, number one, ignorant. Two, the ones who lack clarity. Three, the ones who have positioned themselves to intentionally listen to opposing information. That sounds like Adam. The ones who know better but have a personal agenda that conflicts with the real, with the real facts. Adam knew better but listened and participated. And so I kind of put this little chart up here. I see three lights in the garden. Uh, in the, garden. the green light, you're okay. Eat all the, all the fruit in the garden, green light, eat all that. No, God has no problem, gauge yourself. Try to get fat off of it if you want to. Just, you know, go on. It's, it's for you. Okay. 
Yellow light, you're drifting. Be careful. You're near this tree that I told you about. Yellow light, no, be careful. You're getting ready to cross that line. Yellow light, you're talking to that snake. You know, and, uh, and how that snake know my mind? Yellow light. Red light, you're a dangerous, in a dangerous and irreversible situation. Stop. Consequences are put into action by choices. It's never an accident. The consequences that are happening in our life is a result of our not acting on what God told us to do. When you fail to do that, listen, that's your choice. Therefore, you have the choice you made yesterday and what you're going through today. You're not going to forgive that person yesterday. Guess what? You're going to go through it today. You don't do it today, your tomorrow has already been fixed. Do you, don't think. And then there are a lot of folks who want to be blessed by God. God says, I do not bless disobedience. God says to study. You say, I don't feel like studying. There's no lightning. There's no thunder. There's only silence. If you decide, you know, um, there's a person that the Lord laid on my heart. Go speak to them and, and just give them a good word. And you says, no, I won't. Then there is there's no loud sound. Your head won't start, start hurting. What you receive is probably silence. But when your tomorrow comes, when you have to go through, when you go through this, all of a sudden you just might have a flashback of what you should have done. And that's when you hear the group, the shoulda, coulda, woulda. You ever hear folks talking about that? And there's some things that you never had to run into with the shoulda, coulda, and wouldas if you just did what you were told in the first place. Adam and Eve, they had a choice, and they didn't know that they were making a choice for humanity. They were making a choice for mankind. God could have stopped him, but God anticipated what man was going to do. That for the foundations of the world, Christ died for us. But would you, it's this, this is, of course, um, in the doctrine about the dispensation, this dispensation of innocence. God showed us, even in a state of innocence, man is given a choice. And you find it even given a choice. He has a choice to either please himself or listen to God. And in innocent, not knowing good or evil, he chose to listen to self than God. And all of humanity went into sin. So it comes down to the third thing, the choice. And that's why it throws us all the way into, well, that's Old Testament. That's why it throws us now into the New Testament. That's where we go now to Galatians, where Paul really wraps things up. You know the verse. Let's read it together. Do not be deceived. God is not marked. For whatever man sows, that shall he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life. That is the principle that started from the Garden of Eden all the way now. God says, 
Don't be deceived. What happened then can happen now. I'm not changing it whether under law or grace. If you don't want to give, that's okay. You don't want to give. But understand, that's your decision. You don't want to honor me? That's okay. That's your decision. Every decision you make, God says, but understand, there is a time when we must stand before the judgment seat of Christ and give an answer of the deeds in our body, whether they're what? Good or bad. And guess what? It, the deeds that we, we do is based on decisions. It's based on decisions. There's decisions that you're making right now. Well, yeah, that's, that, that's, that's the message we have. But go on, finish it up so I can get out of here. Okay. But I'm just simply saying this. Every decision you make, there is what you have uh, caused, there is an effect. And my prayer is that if you want to have joy in the Lord, then you must determine to be in the Lord. In the Lord at all times. At all times. God laid down an unchangeable and timeless sensitive principle that involves our choices. Spiritual and discipline uh, and physical effects all through the Old Testament, even in the New Testament. You remember Achan? Achan and the, uh, the Babylonian garment and, and, the, and the gold. And the Lord says, all of this is when you all win this, listen, take all that you win or whatever you get, all of that belongs to me. And Achan said, I need a little something, something myself, you know. And he decided that he would keep a little bit, just a little bit, you know, when he go into the promised land for himself. So he took it. He, he did the same thing to Eve. He, he saw it. He desired. He took. And he buried it. But God saw exactly where it was. Got him all the way down to the wire. When he was finally found out. Be sure your sins will find you out. When he finally found out. What happened was this. Not only. He says. That he was stoned. His whole family was stoned. And all of his livestock. Everything that belongs to him. They put a heap of stone over them. Based on his decision. Moses. He had a decision. Moses. Listen to me. But they, Moses. What I want you to do is speak to the rock. We're thirsty, Moses. We're thirsty. So these folks are getting on my nerve and everything else. I'm sick of them. They know I've been leading them all this time. He said, I'm going to really show my little authority here. He says, how many times I have to prove myself to you? Moses, do not strike the rock. Speak the rock. And he struck it. There was no immediate lightning right there. God had a tendency to deal with us privately. The Lord pulled Moses aside and said, Moses, Says what I'm going to do is it's over for you. You're not going into the promised land. I'll take you up and you'll be able to see it. But you're not going in. Not because I didn't want you to go in. But you decided. And because you decided. You're going to die on the other side. Of the promised land. Decisions. David. David and Bathsheba. 
He knew, knew about that and, and the children. And the Lord said, fourfold, all the things that he had done, fourfold. And he said, David, do not number Israel. He numbered Israel, and God caused a plague, and all those folks died because of that. Decisions. And God says, all scripture is written for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, that the man of God may be thoroughly furnished in all, all these things. Listen carefully. It's important that we understand that God is saying, what happened to these guys will happen to you. Ananias and Sapphira, oh, they had, they had plenty. They didn't have to go that route, but it was their decision. If you want a great life, listen carefully. It's not what you get in your hand. It's what you get in your heart. And once you get in your heart that I'm going to believe and trust and stay with God regardless of what people say. And they and get, understand you're going to always have the contrary. Always making fun of you. Always trying to get the logical. They're going to hit you with all of that. You're going to stand out like a sore thumb or a giraffe in a chicken coop. You're going to stand out. But listen carefully. Listen carefully. It doesn't matter how you stand out as long as you're standing in the will of God. That is so important. So important. Hebrews 11, the chapter reveals choices that were made under extreme challenges but never affected by the intended outcome. That's a whole 11 chapter we can go through all the one. By faith, they chose. By faith, we're going to trust God. And all of them didn't have good outcomes either. Some were sawed asunder. But they chose it. That's my, my concern. Then. And so one last thing then. To choose to do the things is a, a choice that no one uh, can make but you. Your time with the Lord. Your choice of words. Your choice of information. Your choice of friends. Your choice of personal sin and conflicts. Your choice of obedience. All, all of these, you, you're the one who makes the choices. I can't make it for it. Only you can make the choices. How are my words? What things am I I'm saying that I know I shouldn't be saying? I should keep my mouth shut. Even a fool is considered wise when he keeps his mouth shut. Amen. Then why don't, oh no, there are some words, and sometimes you say, boy, I wish I had never said that. God says, watch your words. Watch that decision. Every time you make that decision, there is an outcome. There is an outcome. Make sure that the words you speak will be a blessing to you tomorrow. Okay. Uh, so you say, I'm deciding today. My blessed tomorrow is starting today on how I think and my words I say. And Lord, help me in the areas that I fall short. Amen. I trust that this will be a blessing to you. And we close with this, uh, with this uh, verse. We cannot and must not waver in our decision. James 5, 1 through 8. And I close with this, this long verse. But it says this. If any one of you lack wisdom now, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach. And, without, uh, and it will be given to him. It says, but let him ask in what? faith, not doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive what? 
anything from the Lord. He is a what? Double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. He can't even make a decision. Store owners do not want indecisive customers. Standing there two hours, three, well, I, 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 I think about it. And I, well, I'm going to come back tomorrow and I'll be thinking. Let's sir, I tell you what, I wanna, let me help you here. Will you, will you come to a conclusion? And, and It might be a week, it might be a month. Come when you have come to a conclusion, when you made a decision. You don't want folks standing around. Would you help me? Well, let me see. Let me think about that. I was going to help you. But then I was thinking about the thing about this. And then, I, listen, that's okay. That's okay. Sometimes the most patient people will say, that's it. That's all I can stand, and I can stand no more. Make a decision. For a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. I'll, I'll do it. Then a few minutes, you know what? On second thought, I don't think I'll be able to do it. Okay, wait a minute. I, I think I can do it. No, they said, you know what? Stay away from me. Take three steps back from me. Now, that's what the administrators would say, you know. Uh, they're, they're saying, I had to get some things done. I can't, I can't, not that I hate the person, but this person's unstable and they're going to mess up everything, you see. And that's why the Lord says, an unstable man or woman, you see, when you find that type of person, it's unstable in all his ways. So as we close then, um, it's my, my thoughts, the principle from Eden. The principle from, from Eden is saying to us, there are some decisions that you will make that will have eternal consequences. Consequences that's gonna affect your family. There's even the smallest decisions you're not going to trust God. You're going to complain about this. The smallest decisions. And whatever decisions you make, rest assured, you're the cause for it, its effect. You're the cause for its effect. So those of you who are going through things, to make sure your decision is, I'm going to trust God. Not my circumstances. If you trust your circumstances, you will be terribly disappointed. Trust God in the middle of the storm. If you trust God in the middle of the storm, we won't go down like Peter, who got out there. And then all of a sudden, not the Lord, Peter looked around. And he decided, it's rough out here. A person could drown. Next thing you know, he's going down. And the Lord, as he, he pulled Peter up, he says, Oh, thou of little faith. My challenge to you this morning, to be encouraged, my challenge to you this morning, make the decisions that makes a difference. And every decision, make sure that it's God-honoring. Can a person do that? <laughs> yes. We can do all things through Christ who what? Strengthens us. And my prayer is, Lord, help me in this area. If, you, if you're struggling sometimes in making the right decisions, I would like to pray for you this morning. Maybe you're that person. God says, God, help me in being more decisive, more um, uh, to the point. Oh, and I know that there are some who analyze. You analyze and analyze and analyze yourself to death. Okay. But sooner or later, you're going to have to make a decision. I would like to pray for you. I would like to pray for you.
Because whatever decisions you make, not only will it affect you, it's going to affect those who love you, those who look up to you. If you find that you um, have some challenges in that area, I'd like to pray for you right now. You know who you are. Matter of fact, you're making decisions right now. <laughs> That's interesting. Let's bow. Father, I thank you for the saints. I thank you for the dear hearts. And I thank you, Lord, that you know them perfectly. And that, Lord, your feelings isn't hurt. You're constantly loving them. You will always love them. You'll never stop loving them. It's just that you want the best for all of us. And so my prayer, Lord, is that with all of us, Lord, help us to lean on you. Help us to trust you. Help us, Lord, to make decisions and look back to say, I'm never, I'm never um, embarrassed by the decisions I made. Because you said in your word, here's how, how you put it. In Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways, in all your decision-making. Acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Thank you, Lord, that you have given us a blueprint that moves to success all the time. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints.